And I really, uh, I want to prime your hearts today um, to apply the truth of God's word and the power of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, and we're talking about the blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb. So get your Bibles out and get your, get your fingers nimble and ready to go this morning. In fact, Holy Spirit, we just invite you. We love you. We honor you. We know you're the one that turns the light on so that we can understand the word. You give us revelation. You make the word come alive in our hearts. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We ask you, let there be a supernatural release of your presence and your power. Let there be an anointing this morning for breakthrough uh, in all kinds of areas, Lord. Breakthrough, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. I shared with you last week that if we're going to win this battle against our enemy, and how many know we're in a war-torn place right now, planet Earth is the battleground, it will be a battleground until Jesus comes, and so we need to get battle-ready, battle-hardened, battle-tested, we need to understand our weaponry, we need to know how to use it. Can I get an amen on that? The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, this is from last Sunday, I use God's mighty weapons, not those made of men, and I use them to knock down the devil's stronghold. So what are we doing right now between now and when Christ returns? We are on the aggressive. We are on the offensive. We are knocking down demonic strongholds. Can I get an amen? You guys need to talk back to me. And we're using not natural weapons. We're using supernatural weapons. In other words, divinely empowered weapons. So how many of you know we're stepping into a dimension here that's supernatural, using supernatural weapons to defeat a supernatural enemy? And I've tried to share with you ever since uh, a lot of you have been new to Living Stones that we need to get more familiar with the supernatural. Um, the church in the West has forgotten that we serve a supernatural God with supernatural power and we fight a supernatural enemy. And so we've got to understand the nature of the game and we've got to learn how to fight. So we read about a couple of these weapons. These are supernatural weapons uh, in Romans chapter, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 12. Look with me at, at Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. This is a favorite verse for many of you. I know my wife loves this verse. They have defeated him, talking about the church, God's people. They have defeated him, meaning Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by, the, and by their testimony and they did not love their lives so much as they were afraid to die. So we read about two powerful weapons here. We're going to hit the first one today, the blood of the lamb. And then next Sunday, we're going to talk about the word of our testimony. And I want you to notice that, the, that uh, Satan being cast down is attributed to the work of believers on earth who are using the weapons of the blood and the testimony Two weapons that the angels don't even use, but we use. They're part of our redemption plan. So it's the blood and it's the word of God's people, God's church, that pulls down demonic strongholds, all right? And so let's talk about how do we use this properly, this first weapon of the blood. Let's go ahead and go back to, to look at Jesus as our Passover lamb. The yearly Passover ceremony that Israel was, was required to celebrate commemorated their deliverance out of the bondage of Egypt. And if you look with me, this is in Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to lay some, some work here, some, some tracks. Exodus chapter 12, beginning in verse 5. It says, The animal that you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat, with no defects. I like to underline that last phrase, no defects, because obviously this is a picture of Jesus Christ. 
the lamb who was slain without sin or spot. Look at verse 6. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. And then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. And then the Lord goes on to explain why this is necessary. If you drop down to verse 21, then Moses called all the elders of Israel together, and he said to them, go and pick out a lamb or a young goat for each of your families and slaughter the Passover animal. Drain the blood into a basin, then take a bundle of hyssop branches and dip it into the blood. Brush the hyssop across the top and the sides of the door frames of your houses. And no one may go out through the door until morning, for the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the top and the sides of the door frame, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down. And so the Lord will pass over the houses where the blood was applied. And God required that the blood be transferred from the basin to the most conspicuous place in the front of every Israeli home, which was their door. Now, this is important. Sometimes when we take communion, you know, a lot of you have been in churches where the pastor will lead you and we take the elements together and, and there's nothing the matter with that. Um, I'm wanting to teach you a principle today because how many of you know back in the day when this uh, ordinance was instituted, it wasn't the priest that went around to every home and led people in communion. It was the father of the household. Y'all see that? It wasn't a, re it wasn't a church like religious thing. Um, it, was, it was you as the priest of your home, you need to prepare the lamb, you need to sacrifice the lamb, you need to drain its blood into a basin, and you need to get a hyssop branched father, and you need to dip that branch in the blood, and then you need to go outside your house, and you need to put it on the door, door frames, and you need to put it over the top. You were not to put it in the threshold of the house because the blood was precious. You were not to walk on the blood, trample the blood, uh, in any way disrespect the blood, be irreverent to the blood. Uh, it was not to be walked on, but it was to cover the frame of your house. Uh, and then the Lord said that the death angel, when he's making his way and on his assignment to destroy every firstborn, and I just want to remind you that God is not to be mocked, why is it that all the firstborn of Egypt are, are subject to the judgment of God? Can you rewind the tape to when little baby Moses was born? What was going on at that time in all of Egypt? The firstborn of every single Israeli family was slaughtered. Uh, I just want to remind you that God is a God of justice. God now is, is delivering his people, but he's bringing judgment on a nation that was responsible for the slaughter of the Israeli children. And, um, and it, it should put a sense of holiness and the fear of the Lord in our hearts uh, that we should not take the Lord or his ordinances or his word or his promises lightly. But notice this is a bloody thing, and it's a little lamb. It, it, it is a year-old lamb. And the phrase that's used in the book of Revelation over and over again to describe the lamb is this word that refers to little lamb. 
it was a clear picture of Jesus Christ being the sacrificial lamb, the lamb that was slain. And so here we have a very important thing for every father. The father is to apply the blood to his household for the protection of his family. Now, men here at Living Stones, you know, all the way back in the day when my father first birthed this church, um, he would hammer on men. Can I get any amen from the old timers? All right. He would hammer on the men because he understood that if you can get a man to step into leadership the proper way, Christ-like leadership in his home, and to serve his family and to lead his family spiritually, when, when the home is in divine order, there is an incredible sense of the blessing of God. And so I want to encourage every man here, you know, when it comes time to take communion, if you're here with your wife, if you're here with your children or children that are still under your roof, it's wonderful to pull your family together and we're going to teach you how to apply the blood of Jesus to the specific needs of your family. Now, you can take communion together, and the pastor can lead you, and we do all that, and not, there's no problem with that. But I'm wanting to drive home, to, especially today, that this is a very personal thing. Remember, it is our faith that overcomes the world, which means, again, you can take the Lord's Supper irreverently, or you can take it in the wrong way. You can take it even in a religious way, and you can miss out on the full benefit of what God has for us because we're to eat this meal in faith. How many of you know it took faith for the father to obey the Lord, to sacrifice that lamb, and then to go out and apply blood on the outside of his door? It took faith to believe that the word of the Lord through Moses was true and that God was going to do something. And how many of you know if you were a part of the Israeli family and you didn't obey that night, you paid the consequences of your disobedience? So can I just tell you, the Bible says in the New Testament, there are many people who are weak and sick among us because they don't properly handle the, the communion. They don't properly handle the blood and the broken body of Jesus. And we're not living consecrated lives or separate lives or God-honoring lives. And so even though you come to church, you can still get your brains beat out by the enemy. But what I'm trying to help us with is this should not be. There should be something absolutely different about Christ's church. There is a dimension of victory and protection and provision that is all supernatural that God wants us to walk in. Now, that does not mean that we're exempt from the challenges of this life. We already shared many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them Oh, so there, there's a battle that we are facing, but there is a victory and a pathway to victory that God has secured for us. And one of the powerful weapons is this understanding of the blood. Now, we know the Old Testament picture of the lamb is a New Testament reality found in Jesus Christ. Take a look with me in John chapter 1, verse 29. It says, the next day, uh, John saw Jesus coming towards him, this is John the Baptist, and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, referring again to Jesus. It's even more specific and, and more overt in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, where the Bible says, Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed for us. I can't think of a more clear passage of Scripture connecting the Old Testament Passover 
with the New Testament fulfillment in Jesus Christ. So how many of you know when we take communion, we are partaking of our Passover lamb? His name is Jesus Christ. And uh, the one sacrifice, the Bible says, for us. Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God. This is important. How, if someone's asking this morning, well, how can I know I'm right with God? How do I know if I'm in good standing with God? How do I know if I were to die today, everything's good between me and God the Father? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans 3.25, people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. So this is important. There might be somebody here today, if I said, if you were to die right now, would you go spend eternity with your Father in heaven? And you're like, I hope. Well, hope is not a good answer. Or, you know, I think I'm pretty good with the big guy upstairs. Terrible answer. Because he's not the big guy upstairs. He's far more awesome than that. And your uh, familiarity with him or fake familiarity with him is not really that cute or good. So you need to know. And how do you know? Well, the Bible tells us right here. We're made right with God when you believe, when, when you have a full heart embrace, heart, head, complete body embrace that Jesus Christ sacrificed his life and shed his blood. Check this out. Not for the sins of the world, but for me. In other words, the blood of Jesus has been shed, but if you don't know how to apply it, you don't get the benefits. This is why salvation is incredibly personal. It's between you and the Lord. How is your heart with God right now? Are you walking in intimacy with the Lord? Does your conscience condemn you? Are there things in your life that are not right with God? Because it's not that Jesus died for the world. It's that Jesus died for you. And it has to be personal. Or there's no application. And so let's talk a little bit about applying the blood. When Jesus died on the cross, he was the lamb of God taking away the sin of the world. He was the Passover lamb who was slain and who by his blood made available total protection and total victory for all the people of God. But the blood has to be applied. So let's talk about that. We share with you, the, 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 the Jewish family could have gone through everything perfectly, right? They did everything according to what was described, but the father forgot Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to put the blood on the door. I mean, you know, that would be a fatal, fatal mistake. Because the key word is this, the blood has to be applied to the threshold. So, so that when that angel of death goes by, what is he looking for? He's looking for blood. Now, again, in our sophisticated Western secularized culture, where we don't like to talk about blood, we're talking about a lot of pretty graphic things this morning, are we not? Now, it's interesting, too, that this cute little lamb that was in your house that you cared for, the whole point was that you're going to take special care for this little lamb. I mean, the little lambs are cute, and little lambs have a way of touching your heart, and little lambs have a way of, you know, becoming a family pet. And then the Lord says, sacrifice the lamb. What's the whole point of this? It was meant to be shocking. It was meant to remind us that, some, that an innocent animal in this situation was being sacrificed to cover the sins of me and of my household, of my kids, of my spouse. Um, in other words, an innocent uh, 
creature here was being sacrificed to cover my sin. And it's shocking. How much more shocking that God would actually send his son to be crucified for us and to shed his blood for me and for my sin. That's the whole point. There's something very shocking here about the Lamb of God without sin. Uh, the Lamb of God that did not fight back, that willingly submitted to uh, his death, freely gave his life on the cross. And so we've got to apply the, the, the blood. So let me ask you this question. How do we apply the blood of Jesus Christ to our lives? It's a good question, isn't it? The Bible says we overcame the enemy through the blood of the Lamb and through the word of our testimony. How many of you know what you say with your mouth is really, really important? And again, I'm speaking to the men here uh, as leaders of your, of your home, speaking to the patriarchs. This applies to every believer, but I'm especially speaking to the men. One of the reasons that there's power in worship, and how many of you have enjoyed worship since you've been at Living Stones? Wave at me if you enjoyed the worship. All right. In other words, now check this out. How many of you have sensed the presence of God on the worship? Okay. And how many of you have noticed this? I'm trying to teach you something. How many of you noticed that when you sing with your lips and you declare with your mouth the truth of what we're singing, there is something supernatural released over your life? We call it things like goosebumps, all right? It's not really goosebumps. That's your body's feeling of the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit the anointing of God that's released, check this out, through your mouth and through the declaration of what's coming off your mouth when it's mixed with faith. It's not empty words, but, you know, we're singing about thank you, Jesus, for, for the blood, right? We're declaring it. When you sing, and this is why men, I'm not picking on some of you guys, and actually I'm over hiding in this corner worshiping the Lord, so I'm not looking at any of you. So I'm not talking. Pastor, are you talking to me? I don't know. I wasn't looking at you during worship. But this is why I'm encouraging every man to learn to get out of yourself if you need to shut your eyes so, you're, so it's just you and the Lord. But you need to learn how to open your mouth and to sing with all of your heart the truth about what we're talking about today. Because listen, what good does it talk about to sing about the blood of Jesus if you're not singing and you're just kind of standing there staring at the wall? You're like the person with, with the, the, the blood in the basin that never applies it to the door. You never apply it to your life. So even when we take communion today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause you, some of you anyway, to be uncomfortable because what I'm going to ask you to do is to apply the scripture that we just shared today and to declare it over your family with your mouth. Guys, do you realize the important role that God's placed you in to be a covering for your family? And to apply the fullness of the covenant we have with Christ in your home. Do you understand? Like, if you knew the devil was out to destroy you and your family, how I many you know he is? <laughs> like, you should know this. You have somebody who hates you, and he's he's relentless. He does not quit. He does not tire. He does not give up. If you knew that, and your family was in the crosshairs. 
Would you not pull together your family more, especially on Sunday morning? Would you not pray over your family? Would you not declare the word? In fact, would you not learn the word of God to speak over your family, knowing that as part of how we apply the covenant is through a word? Now, what does the Bible even say about salvation? We believe in our hearts, but we also have to confess with our It's not enough just to even believe in your heart. There is a confession with your mouth that is very, very important. So we apply the blood through the word of our testimony. And and if we don't open up our mouths and we don't declare some things, you know, we're in that season when people, you know, it's flu season, right? When people get under the weather a little bit. Well, you know what? We all have to battle this as part of living in a fallen world. But what I want to know is how many of you specifically speak the healing blood of Jesus over your family and, and speak to your body and tell your body, thank you, body, that this body's been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. And, Lord, I just apply the fullness of what your cross did for me and your salvation and your blood. Let the blood be applied in my life. And, Father, strengthen me and my family. Bless my wife and my children. Thank you. We, we choose to apply what Jesus did for us. Lord, we take the hyssop and we apply it over the doorframe of the Johnson household. And we thank you that this household is under the protection and provision and blessing of Jesus. And you believe it, and you walk in it, and you fight for what Christ has purchased for you. It's not easy. It doesn't happen just by rolling over. Sometimes there's battles involved, but you fight, you fight, you fight, and you apply the blood. Now, let me talk about just very quickly here, and then we're going to pray, just several things that the blood of Jesus has secured for us, and then we're going to apply it, and I want to practice applying it this morning. The first thing that we have because of the blood is we have access to God the Father. Look at what it says in Hebrews ten nineteen. So, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Why? Because of what? The blood of Jesus Christ. So there is access. How I many you know this is probably one of the most important things the blood has secured for us is that we can have direct access to God the Father through the blood of Christ. Even our Old Testament brothers and sisters did not have direct access to God. Only the priests had access to God, and that was only every now and then, right? Once a year, Day of Atonement, into the Holy of Holies. The Bible says we can go into the most holy place, into the immediate presence of God because of the blood of Christ. Look at another verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. You have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him. Why? through the blood of Christ. So here's what we get. We get access, we get intimacy with God, and we get literally we are united with Christ because of why? Blood. So what do you say in your prayer? Lord, I thank you. Nothing can separate me from your heart. I thank you for your love. I thank you I'm a son or a daughter. I thank you, Lord, for intimacy, and I thank you, God. You've invited me because of the blood of the Son to have access to you. I can come running into your presence at any time of the day or night. Isn't that good news? Well, how do we get to do that? Blood, 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 blood. All right? Access. Very quickly, we have forgiveness. Look at Ephesians 1.7. He is so rich in kindness and grace 
that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, and he forgave our sins. So this is important. Forgiveness of our sins and freedom. Anybody want to be free? Anybody want your heart to be free? It's already been purchased. How do we know that we can, we can fight for freedom and expect freedom? Because Jesus Christ shed his blood to free us. So when we're praying over addiction, we're praying over bondage, we're praying over depression, we're praying over things that would seek anxiety, fear, we have authority in the name of Jesus to set free people because of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the provision of the cross. But if you don't apply it, you continue to live like a pagan person. We have a lot of pagans in the church. But the blood of Jesus has paid for your forgiveness and for your freedom. Get another verse, Matthew 26. For this is my blood, Jesus said, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Now, Marion and I, if we're smooching in the kitchen and our kids are grossing out, <laughs> while I'm kissing their mother, I raise up my covenant ring finger and I just keep smooching her, all right? Now, I'm not talking about anything inappropriate, but I'm just telling you that my message to my kids is when you get a covenant, you can kiss too. There's something powerful about a covenant. And what we should be doing is raising up our covenant finger and reminding the devil we're in covenant with Jesus Christ because of his shed blood. And, uh, and it is an unbreakable covenant. And we just remind the devil, hey, devil. You know, in fact, a ring is a powerful picture of covenant. Remind the devil, you know, devil, I got one of these for my wife, but I also got one of these for Jesus Christ, my bridegroom. I'm in covenant with him. And if you want to mess with me, check out the ring. You're messing with him. And you've already been defeated. And so you remind the devil of a covenant relationship that you made. How do you know you have a covenant relationship? Because you applied your faith in believing that what Jesus did on the cross was for you, and you said, Jesus, be my personal Savior. Yes. So it's your covenant. It's your personal covenant with the Lord. So you get forgiveness and you get freedom. Let's take a look at the third one. We, we have clean consciences. Hallelujah. Yes. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. This is so good. You know why a lot of men have trouble just letting it all hang out with the Lord? It's because the devil is reminding you of your past every time you come to church. And the sad thing is he doesn't have anything to remind you about if you are under the blood of Jesus Christ. But, but if you've not applied the blood to your conscience, then the devil says, well, who do you think you are, Mr. Big Worshipper here? Oh, you're going to open your mouth and sing? Oh, you're going to raise your hands like some holy man before the Lord, and you're going you're to sing like a madman like David did before the Lord? You're going to do it? Oh, no, you're not. Let me just remind you about who you really are. 
Anybody ever have these conversations? And so we stand there, we stand there like tough guys, and uh, we stand there like we got no life and um, like we know we're busted when the whole purpose of the blood is to wash your conscience clean so that the devil can't bring up anything from the past. And if the devil's not bringing up anything from the past, how many of you know you're free to carve out a whole new future? And listen, a, a, a man that has a forgiven and cleansed conscience, he's been forgiven of the deeds, the wickedness of the past, and his conscience has been cleaned by the blood of Jesus, is a man who's now free to worship God. And listen, a worshiper of God is somebody who's moving and applying. Man, you should have your hyssop out this morning, all right? And you're just, you're covering, covering it all. You're fully appropriating the fullness of what Jesus paid for on the cross for us. Clean conscience, what a blessing. Forgiven of everything, paid for in full, what a blessing. Free from guilt and free from shame. Why? So that, look at what it says, so that we can worship the living God. Let's go to the fourth one. There's a lot we could cover, but I'm wrapping it up here. We have been made holy. Wow. Look at Hebrews 13, verse 12. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates. Jesus took the shame and guilt. Out, so notice he was outside. He was rejected. He was sent outside of the city, crucified outside to make his people holy. Well, how did we become holy? Not because of our works, not because of our good deeds, but by means of his own blood. So when you take the hyssop and you apply it to yourself and you're covered literally in the blood of Christ, how many of you know you stand before God the Father and all he sees is the Son and he declares you righteous not because you're a good guy or a bad guy? There are no good guys, the Bible says, just bad guys. It's kind of an insult to all of our best efforts, but it's what the Bible says. You've got to be offended before you can get saved. All right? There are no, people say, why do bad things happen to good people? There are no good people. We should be saying, why do good things happen to bad people? Um, that's the amazing part. So there's only bad people. There's only sinners. That's all God has to work with. But if you will personally apply the blood to your life, God declares you holy or righteous. That means perfect in his sight. Free from blemish, free from accusation, free from shame, free from judgment. How I many you know this is a great deal? So when you stand before the Lord someday, how many of you know you, you want to be standing with your hyssop branch in your hand because you recognize you're not standing there on the basis of your personal goodness but on the basis of the Lamb of God's goodness, the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Look at what it says in um, Romans chapter 5. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. This is so good. Every believer in this room should have it settled that you're incredibly excited about the world to come. Yes. You're not afraid of death. You're actually excited about what the next life holds for you. You're not afraid. If I said, hey, someday you're going to stand before God, every believer in this room should say, yes. yes. 
I cannot wait to come into the presence of Almighty God. Not like I'm bold, I'm great, I'm, no, 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 no. Obviously, we understand we come in in humility, but how many of you know there's a humble excitement? Because Christ has already paid the way and paved the way. And so there is a sense of excitement as you look forward to what's to come. How many of you know when, when Jesus defeated death, he took away our biggest enemy? Because a man or woman who's already died in Christ doesn't have to fear anything. And a person that's free from fear is the most dangerous to the devil's kingdom. Most of us are still worried. In fact, I'll just tell you this, too. There's, there's people that are freaking out uh, about uh, pandemic round two. And the reason they're freaking out is because they're lost. They don't know Jesus. They have no sense of confidence or hope. They fear every little thing that comes their way because it could be the thing that takes them out. For us, we're waiting to be taken out. Are you kidding me? You're going to threaten me with death? <laughs> Do you know what's on the other side of death? <laughs> Do you know what's, what we've been living for and waiting for and praying for and excited about? You're going to threaten me with that? Are you kidding me? Come on. This is what frees us to be bold people, not like the world. We know someday we're going to stand before the Lord. And how many of you, have, you love that scripture that says, well done, good and faithful servant, right? Enter into the, the joy of the Lord. That's what's going to be declared over every follower of Christ who's applied the blood to your doorpost, all right? Not because of your wonderful, perfect life. Stop it. None of us have ever had a wonderful, perfect life. We're just sinners, but we're sinners covered in the blood of the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And let me end with this, and then we're going to apply this so if the worship team uh, can come on back up here. We have been rescued from a life of irrelevance. I love this one. Look what it says in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that God paid a ransom, that was the blood, to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Empty life you inherited. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. I don't know about you, and I've said this with young people over the years. I was a youth pastor for over a dozen years. Some of you should give me an award for that. Uh, I survived. I had really thick hair when I started youth ministry. No, I'm kidding. I loved youth ministry. It was awesome. Um, but I would always tell young people this, serious as can be, if you guys can find me something that makes more sense and provides more meaning and more purpose and more life than the Christian life, please let me know because I don't want to waste my life. And neither do you. How many of young people don't want to waste their life? They're like, man, I just want to be real, man. Like, I don't, I don't want to serve the Lord because, you know, I don't want to waste my life. I wait till I'm old like Pastor Ron. Then I'll give my life to the Lord after I've, you know, sown my wild oats. You fool. You absolute fool. If you can find a better life than the life we've been saved to, could somebody please tell me? If there's something better than what Jesus offers, can you please let me know? Because I still got time. I don't want to waste my life either. But how many of you know I just got redeemed from an irrelevant, empty, futile life 
And I just got put into a supernatural life filled with purpose and meaning because of what Christ has done for me. And my lovely wife, would you come join me on stage? Go ahead, if you would, and get the, uh, the bread out representing Christ's broken body. I'll wait for just a moment. I know some hands are up. Just please keep listening. This is Isaiah 53, verse 5. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions or pierced his body and bruised for our iniquities. This describes the beating that Jesus took. And that beating that he took, we remember as we take that bread in our hands and we remember the suffering that he went through on our behalf. So we're going to apply his broken body to our lives right now. In fact, if you're here as a husband and you've got your family with you or your wife with you, I want you to stand to your feet or I want you to join me. And if you can get by your bride, that would be great. I see lots of kids in between some rows. That's all right. And if you're married here and your bride's with you, it might be good to pull her close like I'm modeling for you as a good pastor. We're going to apply right now the benefits. We're going to apply the blood to our lives. And, uh, and so what I want you to do, I'm going to start praying here with my wife, but I'm not praying for you or with you. I'm just praying for my wife. But I want you to model what we're doing. Now, some of you guys have never done this before. You've never led spiritually. This is not, it's a big deal, but it's not a hard thing, all right? But it's a big thing. I just simply want you to declare over your family the benefits and blessings that Jesus secured for us through his sacrifice on the cross. So I'm just going to model. Father, thank you for the broken body of your son, Jesus. Thank you that our family were forgiven because of the blood. I thank you for access, God. We want greater intimacy with you. Bless my wife and bless my children with intimacy, God. We want to know you, Lord. And Father, we thank you for the provisions that, that, that you've laid out for us to live in victory. So we speak to situations right now that are challenging my home, and I, I speak protection over my family. I speak provision over my family. I speak, Lord, your release of your healing over family members that are struggling right now. Lord, I pray freedom over myself, my wife, and my children, that our family would be a first fruits family, that we would know you and love you, and that every one of us, God, would be submitted to your purposes for our life and for our generation. God, use our family, and Lord, may the full blessing and benefit of, of what you did for us on the cross. We grab it by faith and we apply it now to our family. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. You pray what God's putting on your heart. You speak blessing, men, with your mouth. Speak blessing over your marriage. Speak blessing over your children. Speak to situations right now that are challenges or might be health situations, family situations, provision. Speak and declare the word of the Lord over those situations. I'm telling you, breakthrough will happen in your home as you step into the authority of Jesus Christ, as you grab a hold of spiritual weapons, you're going to see breakthrough in Jesus' name. When you're done, go ahead and take the body of Jesus and let's partake of that together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Now the Bible says the chastisement for our peace or the punishment for our peace was upon Jesus Christ. And by his stripes, we are healed. Now healing is something, not just spiritual healing, emotional healing, but physical healing is something that the Bible's clear that Jesus died for. And so I want to apply this. We all know people that are dealing with just sickness right now. Some of our brothers and sisters are facing some serious challenges. But how about we apply the blood to those kind of situations? Father, we speak healing over our family, healing over myself, my wife, my children, my grandchildren. Lord, that you place a shield of protection around us. And God, that you bring your blessing to our homes so that we can bless the nations of the world. Father, thank you for your provision. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that my conscience has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm a worshiper, and I'm free to worship you, Lord. Thank you for your blood. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for the covenant that we have together. Thank you for the future, Lord, that's secure. We bless you, Jesus. Now go ahead and share what you're sharing with your family, with over your life, over your future. Declare the promises of God over your life. And then go ahead and receive the cup. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hannah, can we just sing that chorus together? As we're declaring the truth about the blood of Jesus, I want you to seal the deal right now. And if you can think about some people that are facing some serious challenges, let's war for them. Let's war for our church. Let's war for everything Jesus provided for us. Let's declare victory in the name of Jesus. Let's go ahead and sing that chorus. Now, do me a favor. Lift your hands in victory and in agreement, and let's receive. I just want to pray a prayer over our church family. Father, we want to apply the full effects of the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. I speak victory, Lord, where there needs to be victory. A breakthrough, God, where there needs to be breakthrough. Healing, healing, Lord, in bodies where there needs to be a turnaround. God, we speak the fullness of the blessing of the cross over our church family. Lord, that you would break addiction off of our people, off of our families, off of our children, off of our grandchildren. Lord, I pray that mental uh, bondages, heaviness, anxiety, depression, depression, Go, 
in the name of Jesus, we apply the full blood of the cross. And Lord, we say victory is ours in Christ's name. So Lord, we're asking you, even this morning, even for some of you watching online that are facing issues and challenges, you might be home right now because of a physical challenge. We say in the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, we speak turnaround to your situation. In the name of Jesus, we declare breakthrough over whatever it is, whatever stronghold the devil is put up in front of you. We use spiritual weapons. We use the mighty weapons of the cross. We use the blood and we use our testimony. And we say, come down in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you all over our congregation today. There's breakthrough. I look forward, Lord, to hearing the testimonies of turnarounds that are happening. Men, I'm speaking over men. God wants to launch you into a whole new dimension of spiritual leadership as the priest of your home. Lord, I pray, break off the guilt and the shame and the insecurity and all the lies of the enemy. You're a man of God. You're an anointed man of God. You're a powerful man of God. You're a beloved son of the Most High God. We call you forth into your destiny as men in this house, strong men, Jesus-loving men, men who are not passive, men who are aggressive, pursuing the Lord. God, thank you. You're awakening hearts that have been numb, hearts that have been dead. We apply the blood of Jesus. We say, be resurrected in the name of Jesus. I pray resurrection happen all over this place. Relationships resurrected. Vision resurrected. Father, do it, and we thank you. But the blood of your precious Son makes this all possible. And Lord, that blood is precious to us. And so we embrace you, Lord, and we embrace all that you did for us. And we want to make the devil pay every time he tries to stop you or what you're doing. We want to make him pay. We want to remind him of the blood. We want to remind him of Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Thank you for victory, Lord. Now we send you out of here in the victory of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Have an amazing, amazing week of breakthroughs in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Hey, we love you all. If you need prayer, come on down, all right? Otherwise, have a great day.